welcome to the Big Kids Book Club. A podcast about all things fictional, from middle grade to young adult. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Big Kids Book Club. My name is Marcus and I'm your host and joining me on the show today, we have author of the Nothing Ever Happens Here and the new novel Proud of Me, Sarah Hager-Holt. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's really good to be here. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time out, coming and joining us today. Um, with all our new author friends, what we like to do is to get to know them a little bit better. So yeah. do you want to just give us a bit of a rundown about like how you became an author, sort of like a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. I remember the first um, schools event I did for Nothing Ever Happens Here and being introduced as this guest author and having that moment of like, what? Who? Me? Oh, my gosh. So it's slightly sunk in a bit more now, um, but it still feels, yeah, there's still moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm an author, this thing happens. Um, I mean, as a kid, I kind of, you know, it was something where I remember always thinking, I want, I want to write a book, but I think it was more like the idea of it than, than the reality. Um, I read Swish of the Curtain by Pamela Brown, which is like this, I think it's from the 50s, um, and it's this book about a group of kids putting on a show. And Pamela Brown wrote this when she was 13. And I remember thinking, wow, wouldn't that be amazing to have written a novel at 13? And then obviously I didn't write my first novel until I was 38, but, you know, kind of got there in the end. But yeah, always big reader, really into books, really excited about books, studied English at university. In my day job, I work as a uh, copywriter and communications uh, officer for charities. So lots of storytelling, but hadn't really thought about taking that into fiction let alone like fiction for for kids and then outside of work I researched a couple of non-fiction books which were based on the stories of LGBTQ people um, firstly around faith and secondly around family and did all these amazing interviews with fascinating people and couldn't quite let those stories go so those stories then became oh what if this happened and then what if that happened and that's what sparked both actually both novels both nothing ever happens here and proud of me um was thinking not being able to let go of those stories so that's kind of how that sort of journey really from being a reader to writing non-fiction to then oh making this leap into into telling stories absolutely and was um was nothing ever happens here was that um as that was your first uh, debut novel was mm-hmm. that actually the first one you sat down and gave a go or was there a couple of like tester novels beforehand yeah i mean i sort of i look back and i was like gosh that was all a bit all a bit sort of naive in a way I don't because like, again yeah you hear these these stories many people have kind of lots of attempts but no I just wrote this story and I didn't know where it was going I didn't know whether I'd get an agent or get a publisher or take it anywhere but I wanted to know what happened next um and then all the other characters started filling themselves in that was that was the first attempt at actually writing a kind of sustained long bit of narrative um and yeah I feel really lucky that that was that found its moment um and found some readers as well yeah, and it's such a beautiful book. Let's touch upon that a little bit more. So in Nothing sure. Happens Here, we sort of follow Izzy uh, and her family, especially around her dad or Dee. And really, it's such a, an en- engaging look into the sort of like, it's sort of a window into the soul, really. I wonder, you mentioned mm-hmm. that it's some of these stories came from real life chats you've had through your work. Um, yeah. But was Izzy something that you had to dig a little deeper into sort of the more fictional side of things? Or is this something that's really affecting people's day? 
Um, I think the conversations I had actually, interestingly, were mostly with parents, so characters, people who were who had a story similar to Dee or to Izzy's mum, rather than to Izzy herself. So I had to do a kind of a lot more sort of work on that character. But it's been interesting since then, kind of seeing some of those similar stories of families echoed in. Um, There's been some stuff on CBBC following a family of a girl who's one of her parents transitions and how she talks to her friends about it and it's so you know it's it's a real life Izzy um, and there are definitely kind of real life Izzy's out there so certainly on kind of drawing on the situation from those interviews and then Izzy herself I think was just drawing on a bit of like my own memories digging back into what it was like to be 12 and in that kind of place between you know that sort of tensions between your family and your friends and making that leap between being a child to sort of working your way towards being a teenager and being an adult. Yeah, it's, it's such a difficult period in, uh, I think, yeah. every every child's development because you're sort of sitting there going, I don't want to be treated like a kid anymore, but you're not really quite hitting the teenage, like, yeah. treat, treat like an adult phase. But And your family is still so important. So I think kind of once you sort of get up to mid-teens, you've, you've much more made that shift towards your friends. Whereas Izzy's right in the middle of like, where, you know, she wants that kind of comfort of being with her family, yet she wants to kind of be accepted among her friends at school and find her identity there as well. And it's that real sort of time of change, really. Yeah, and there's so much change in the book. That's a beautiful transition. So um, with the uh, <laughs> with the sort of movements, so much of the book is actually just engaging like uh, deep into Izzy's like struggles with trying to bear the, I guess it's a sort of a stigma and the sort of like coming to the acceptance and having her friends accept it. Was it, uh, have you had a lot of reach out from, you mentioned other Izzy's that are actually out mm. there. Have you had a lot of reach out from young readers who have really drawn a, a sort of like a, I guess it's a sort of like a mirror image of themselves in Izzy. Yeah, I think kind of what's been interesting for me as well is having, I used to work for an LGBT charity and we work with a lot of kind of young people and youth groups as well. So I feel like kind of very close to a lot of those stories and definitely like those were the people that I was writing for, whether they were like young LGBT people who didn't see themselves in books or whether they were people coming from those those kind of families. So I think there needs to be like a real a real connection there. Um, but also what I really hope Nothing Ever Happens Here helps do is kind of introduce readers who like don't have a, you know, don't have a family like that, maybe don't know anyone who's trans or who's LGBT or who's out about it. Actually, yeah, my hope is there's a kind of moment where they're like, oh, I didn't really know what this was about, but now I can sort of understand it a bit better. And then when they do meet somebody, they're kind of ready to, yeah, to meet them as a person rather than an issue or a problem. Yes, it's definitely something that I think everyone can sit down and, you know, like educate yourself a little bit. But underneath that, there's a great story to mm. almost like help you. So it's not it's not feels doesn't feel stuffy and textbooky. And um, it has really struck a chord because, of course, it got nominated for the Carnegie Medal as well. So Yeah, which is super exciting. It was fantastic to see so much success. So that success led into obviously book number two. We took yeah. a slightly different approach. Proud of Me uh, came out last month in February, um, yeah. so hot off the presses. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about the inspiration for Proud of Me? So Proud of Me also came from those kind of those stories and those interviews with LGBT parents and families. And what really struck me with some of those were um, how different people could respond to the same situation very differently. So the situation in Proud of Me is um, there are two main characters and then the narration splits between the two of them, Becky and Josh, who are brother and sister. And they have two mums and they have the same 
um, anonymous donor. And for Josh, he's very interested in who is the donor, can he find out about this? And this is super important for him. Whereas for Becky, she's actually not that fussed. She's quite, she's got her own issues and her own things she's dealing with, but that's not something where she's kind of searching for identity. And it was really interesting, again, having talked to people in this situation, how they would respond very differently. Some people, the kind of genetic biological connection being really important, but others very fiercely not wanting anything to do with that and seeing their kind of adopted family or their kind of their, the family that they've been brought up and created in as absolutely their family. Yeah, and of course, the two perspectives, I mean, they're beautifully done because you do really feel like there's two different voices when you're mm. reading it, which is always a tricky one when you have dual POV. But I wonder as a sort of in a writing sort of headspace now, was it quite tricky to make sure you were, because of course, Josh is quite, you know, strict and uh, in his ways, he's strict in his ways and focused mentally, whereas Becky's the sort of dreamer and she's, yeah, uh, she's yeah, totally. very creative in that space. So making sure you're in the right character space to write, did you have any tricks of the trade when you were making sure you're in the right headspace or POV? I think part of it was, so I'm quite an intuitive writer and I'll just kind of slap it all down and then go and kind of tweak with it. I think that, but it's that understanding, I guess, of like how many people it takes to make a book. So part of that is due to having a great editor who really like challenged me to kind of go back through it all and just look at, you know, right down to the level of the sentence structure or the choice of vocabulary and just like making those small tweaks to make sure that Josh, Josh's, Josh and Becky's voices were distinct, but they still sounded like they came from the same family and the same, the same connection. I think with this story, there are the chapters alternate, but it starts, both of them start by looking back on something that happened when they were younger. And that, that came really early on. Like it just uh, so those kind of set the tone, and then those are the kind of touchstones where I could go back to and go, does this does this voice still sound like the Josh of chapter one or the Becky of chapter one? But it was there were times when it was very confusing, and I had to do complicated time charts to work out which character knew which event at which point, and because there's lots of secrets in the book, um, making sure that Josh didn't know something about Becky that he shouldn't at that point in the narrative. Um, yeah, that took quite a lot of planning and untangling as the, the narrative went on. Yes, and the, the other fantastic thing I felt about it, um, obviously Josh and Becky really came alive on the page because of the, the voice was so strong. But I really loved as well the the extra cast, like the ensemble around mm. them was really strong. Like whether it's Mum or Emma or you had Archie or Carly, there were so many uh, other supporting characters. And I wonder if you drew any inspiration from like any like real life people or experiences you had in, in fleshing out your, I want to say almost like your world. It's not like mm. a fantasy, but your... Yeah. But I think that's a good way to look at it in a way, because each, I think, because they're so, nothing ever happens here is a kind of mix of, well, they're both a mix of school and home, I guess. And that kind of world of school and that world of home is still a world that you have to create, even if it's a very familiar one um, to most of your readers. So you need, yeah, you need the teachers and the other students and all of that. I don't know how, certainly like Archie is a combination of lots of people I know, like taken to extreme. So I had lots of fun kind of creating, creating that character. And there's definitely like, I think probably everyone does this. There's little bits magpied from all sorts of different people that kind of complete that ensemble. I think my one of my favourites out of the supporting characters is Ms. Bryant, who's the teacher who supports them in the school LGBT group. Um, and she was definitely totally in a different position, but drawn on a kind of very sort of like dry, firm but fair 
teacher that I used to have at school and just transplanting that that teacher into Miss Bryant and thinking how would she have responded to parents making complaints about things or whatever the the story might have unfolded so yeah I kind of enjoyed borrowing little bits um, and then letting them letting the kind of story take them into okay how would they respond to this yeah absolutely fantastic uh, I'm not gonna give too much of it away because I thought it was a cracking read I was so lucky Usborne giving me a, a slightly earlier coffee to dig my yeah, teeth into yeah. um, but everyone go out and check it out proud of me it's out there right now very very exciting it's very engaging as well again it's sort of that sort of educating you without actually being told you know yeah. I loved some of the, the like the nuances and sort of like demystifying stuff love the little touches on because I'm not Jewish I don't really have many Jewish friends mm. so I'm not really aware of much of it but the nice little the touch of cultures from like Emma's background was yeah. really nice and sweet to see so it's a, a, an amazing book I highly recommend it full of teenage drama and uh, yeah, other sure. good angsty stuff so um, that is proud of me uh, but that is what you've just released so we'll move on to what we can look forward to next uh, is there anything in the pipeline we can be excited about certainly I've got loads more stories that I want to tell um, so that's definitely something to be excited about. I think looking at, say, the families in Nothing Ever Happens Here and in Proud of Me, like there are so many different like shapes and sizes of family. And so um, it's getting lots better in the last few years, but it's really hard to kind of see those kind of families and the stories and the, the kind of things that it throws up, perhaps having a slightly more unusual family structure that don't happen in other families. And things that I noticed from my own family. So we're a family with two mums and two dads which is a whole, other, a whole other story. So I think there's like, yeah, certainly what I'm working on now it also involves different families, also involves a good kind of dollar for drama um, and people trying to find who they are in relation to other people. So I've definitely got lots more stories I want to tell and lots more kind of different, different families that I want to kind of explore and tease out. So yeah, that's, the, that's, the, that's what's on the menu at the moment. Oh, fantastic. So busily writing then. Yeah, sort of. yeah. Oh. And you know, it's great. It's lockdown. What else is there to do? Bit of homeschooling, bit of writing. That'll suit me. (laughs) Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Well, there you go. Exciting stuff to look forward to. Um, Looking forward, though, we are coming very quickly towards the end of today's interview, unfortunately. But we're not going to go anywhere without first giving one of you lucky listeners the chance of winning a signed book. Yes, it's competition time. And this week we are giving away the chance to win a signed copy of Proud of Me, that book we were all ranting and raving about earlier. If you want to be in a chance of winning a copy of this book, all you have to do is head over to our Twitter at Big Kids Book Club, all one long lovely word. And this week's hashtag uh, that you need to tweet us is hashtag Proud Comp. Proud Comp. And uh, our little quiz or sort of like uh, activity we always get people to do. Uh, this week, we want you to tag someone who you are proud of. It could be for reasons. You can explain the reasons if you want to. If you've got enough space in the in the tweet, you don't have to. Just tag someone who you are proud of. Show a little bit of love and support. It's been a bit of a weird start to this year. Last year was a bit meh. I think just a little shout out is going to be a lovely thing. So, uh, Sarah, if you could shout anyone out, who would you shout out? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Sorry, yeah. putting you on the spot. Uh, no, no, don't. Put me, uh, it's, um, I am delighted to be put on the spot. I think um, I said earlier that I used to work for an LGBT charity, which was Stonewall, and I just kind of feel so proud of like all the work that they do and working with people for whom like LGBT equality isn't an issue. It's like it's it's reality. It's what kind of they we need to kind of live and breathe. So 
I'm yeah super proud of the work they do they get a lot of abuse for it at times and just kind of anybody who is working with young LGBT people youth workers teachers like you're all amazing Fantastic. Absolutely agree. For myself, uh, I'm going to take this moment to give a quick shout out to my co-hosts of my monthly podcast, Emma and Rab. Emma Emma had a sucky year last year with a lot of people getting made redundant, but she's bounced back on her feet. She's got a new place that looks amazing. She's got a new job that sounds amazing. Super proud of her. And then for Rab, just a proud new daddy as well. So congratulations there, Rab. And he's got his debut novel coming out this November with Onway Press. So I want to shout him out. So I'm very proud of them. But who are you proud of? Give a quick hashtag ProudComp, tag them in it, and you could be in a chance of winning a signed copy of Proud of Me. Does that sound good, Sarah? That sounds excellent. Good luck, everyone. Fantastic. Well, unfortunately, yes, that is going to bring us to the end of today's show. Thank you so much for coming on today, Sarah. Oh, it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. Fantastic. I'm so glad you have. And for all you lovely listeners uh, for sticking around, we hope you've had a great day. But until next time, all I've got left to say is to take care, to stay safe, and most importantly, to keep on reading.